Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box Conversation. And I've just had a blast getting to talk to you for the 10 minutes before uh, we started recording. But as you guys can see, if you're watching on camera, I'm with Dr. Dave Merrill of Merrill Chiropractic. Is that still what we call the practice? Yes, we're still calling it Merrill Chiropractic. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, he's a good friend of mine, a good friend of our family's. And um, how long have we known each other? We were, we were talking about... Um, we hung out in Hilton Head about 10 years ago. So I've known you for at least 10 years. At least 10 years. I know that um, I was introduced to your father 13, 14 probably years ago. Of mm -hmm. course, knew the Rogers family going through Dobbins Bennett. Yeah. And uh, knew your Uncle Bobby. Uh, he was a little closer in age. But uh, but I've enjoyed my relationship with uh, with your dad, uh, Dr. Rogers. He's uh, just kindred spirits because he has that holistic approach, that yeah. natural approach, which yeah. – uh, and he wasn't – uh, and he used chiropractic, which was interesting because um, when we first met, uh, you know, he had his reservations. You know, he was pretty much uh, had mentioned to me later on in our relationship that when he promoted chiropractor or, or a patient would ask him about, Dr. Rogers, could I go to a chiropractor? He would say, yeah, just don't let him touch your neck. <laughs> and we laughed about that. But when I was able to give him an understanding of the approach using the, the Gonstead method, uh, you know, Clarence Gonstead was a mechanical engineer before he was a chiropractor. And he had his chiropractic miracle. And it was so profound. He said, I want to be a chiropractor rather than a mechanical engineer. And so he went back to school. And through mechanical engineering eyes, he was able to develop through the years a technique that corrected spinal dysfunction. And that's what it's about. It's about restoring motion. And it goes back to the adage, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's really the basis of chiropractic. Of course, it's misunderstood. And, of course, in our nature, we have fear of the unknown. But it is the largest drugless healthcare profession. And compared to medicine, which is over 2,000 years old, but knowing that at the turn of the 20th century, medicine was still pretty archaic. And chiropractic itself was developed or founded or discovered, if you would, in 1895 by D.D. Palmer. Of course, developed on through the family and through the principals as they created a college. And history kind of speaks from where that went a more of a natural approach from healing from the inside out. So that was my introduction. I was born into that because my father uh, indirectly, um, it was introduced as a 10-year-old boy to chiropractic. Hmm. And through that, uh, because of him not having pain, but having a, a problem with bedwetting, something that actually developed when he was about six. And after four years of that, his aunt, took him to a chiropractor in 1928. It was in Asheville, North Carolina. They lived in a little farm in Brevard. And uh, she was going because she was going through menopause. And her nerves, uh, she, she was, my dad would say, she, she said she was about to lose her mind. Mm -hmm. And strangely enough, someone told her about a chiropractor. She was pretty desperate. She went, got great results, and told the chiropractor about her nephew that was bedwetting, had been for four years. And said, bring him, examined him, adjusted him, and that night didn't wet the bed. 
And after about three or four visits, nothing ever again. It had no other occurrences of bedwetting. Such a profound thing for my father. He said, I'm going to be a chiropractor. And so indirectly that affected me and sure. my choices. And so through that process of me learning a technique that was specific and uh, Dr. Rogers gained some respect because of a, an injury that he had sustained and was having some chronic neck pain. And so when I was able to help him with that and restore the function, we all learned something. I've learned a lot from him, and he's also been able to learn in regards to that there are different approaches to, to chiropractic and spinal res restoration. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, ever since Dr. Rogers started performance medicine, he's he's been a, a huge, a loud proponent of chiropractic. Yeah. And, and I know you're a huge influence on that, his friendship with you and getting to know uh, your practice and you personally. And in, when I think of the show, the show's called Outside the Box, and um, and I think, you know, it could be, you know, fair to say that chiropractors were one of the first groups to really think outside the box in terms of, you know, people's health, kind of going back to, you know, the natural type, natural way of looking at things. Can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Because it, we're, I think we're at a, at a moment now in, in our world where, you know, we're really interested in how can we take care of ourselves? What, what, what can we do naturally that's going to help us? And I've, the whole principle, and you're, you're correct, Ben, in, in the thought that chiropractic was um, that alternate yes. health care. Yes. You know, and, and that thought of, well, I've tried everything else. And so it was a last resort. Mm -hmm. uh, but the principle is a basic principle. You heal from the inside out more the allopathic approach or the medical model we're used to seeing is healing from the outside in. Me meaning, if I have a symptom, where does that classify my, my problem? What is the diagnosis? And then with that, we're going to find something that's going to alleviate that symptom. Meaning, we're going to write a prescription, we're going to do something based on the criteria and what we have a record of working, and we're going to write a prescription and we're going to get this to work to heal you from the outside in. And we know that that doesn't work all the time. And, I, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm making negative statements about our medical model. I, I think emergency medicine works the best. Uh, if I'm in a car accident, I'm bleeding, you take me to the emergency room. Yeah. And I, I want the care of which we're very, uh, I'm thankful and grateful that we're in an area that provides that. But I'm talking day-to-day -day stuff. I'm talking about have an instruction on, on when I wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that should go in my mouth? What's the last thing that should? Um, how do I eliminate? And nobody wants to talk about elimination, but that's all part of the process of what fueling ourselves. That's where, and, and everyone's talking, everyone now during the pandemic has become an immunologist, a shade tree immunologist, meaning they have their own little fear and understanding of the information which has been um, contradictory. It's, it's somewhat paradoxical. <laughs> I mean, I think there is some, appears to have contradictions probably, but aren't because of a lack of information. My point is understanding at chiropractic was founded on the thought of healing from the inside out, creating an immune system that works because the nervous system works because the, from the embryological stages, the first thing that starts is brain and spinal cord. 
and that brain and spinal cord Gray's Anatomy says, not the show, but the textbook, uh, about page three, that in fact the central nervous system, brain, spinal cord, is the chief among all systems. Can, can I, okay, because I want to dive deep into that, because you said a lot there in like that 30 seconds that I think is going to help a lot of people. You've talked a lot about, you know, with chiropractic, we go from the inside out. And, and I think a lot of people's perception of chiropractic is, you know, simply adjusting. So can you kind of tie those two together, how adjustments impact the nervous system, impact your immune system, et cetera? Sure. I like to keep everything kind of the KISS method, keep it simple and sweet. Actually, that S doesn't stand for sweet, but <laughs> I like it better than the other word stupid. So keeping it real simple, I call it the garden hose theory. Okay. And, and and sometimes in the simplicity of it, sometimes the most educated are kind of going, eh, that's that's too simple. But I'm going to keep it very simple. And this thought of the garden hose theory, if I take a garden hose and I take it and attach it to the outside faucet of my home and I take the hose down and put it into the garden because I'm not getting enough water in the garden, I want to replenish that. So I'm trying to get water from the house to the garden. Totally. Much like the nervous system, there, there's a signal coming from the brain that's going to your pancreas, going from every cell of your being, from your eyes blinking to your bowels moving. The brain and spinal cord's communicating that message. Got it. So if I turn the water on at the house and I go down at the end of the hose and it's just barely coming out and I know I have it full force, what am I going to do? I'm going to walk the hose back to the house. Why? I'm going to find where it's crimped because the flow has been obstructed. So chiropractic is looking basically from the spine back to the nervous system and saying, where's the hose cramped? Where's the nervous system being compromised? Because in 1972, at the University of Colorado, the American Medical Association commissioned a Dr. Sue, he was an Asian researcher, to really disprove the subluxation theory. Stop for a moment. That's not a chiropractic word, but the word subluxation or subluxate simply means less than a dislocation. Okay. So the word luxate, L-U-X-A-T-E, means dislocate. Sub, like subtract, less than, or submarine beneath. So we put the prefix to the root word luxate. Subluxate means less than a dislocation. So we know that people that enter chiropractic offices aren't dislocated. They wouldn't be, they'd be at the wrong place. That's emergency care. But when they walk in and we know that the joint, wherever it is, whatever joint, it could be the shoulder joint, it could be the elbow, it could be the ankle, it could be the big toe, it could be the spine, which typically it is, is not working like God designed. Meaning it just has less range of motion. So let's go back to that thought of if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah. So how does arthritis even start? We have such a misconception of that. Well, it has to do with old age. It has nothing to do with old age. Excuse me? I mean, everything, everybody I know with old age has arthritis. So what's the common denominator? Well, everybody you know old and everybody you know has what? A joint somewhere in their body that's not working fully, completely, at 100% optimal capacity. And then that goes back into the symptom or pain. Well, no, I feel pretty good. I think everything's working on me pretty well. But see, your great-grandparents like mine didn't go to the doctor unless a bone was sticking out of their arm. Yeah. And half the time they didn't do it then because of they were lived in a rural area or whatever. And what do you mean? 
it's give us a skewed understanding of symptoms or how we perceive it. We're we're especially in East Tennessee, especially men, we won't even stop and ask for directions. So <laughs> symptoms for us, we kind of oh maybe it'll go away, and we can live with it and justify it and say well. Based on my age, I should have this. So the point is, pain is, we can have a problem and not have pain with it. So what are you saying, Doc? I'm saying there's one thing that is true. If you, if it's not working like it should, it's destroyed. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's a true statement. But what isn't a true statement? If I have no pain, I have no problem. See, that's a falsehood that's created this issue of, well, I didn't know I had this. And that's why it's important to, to, to get, go to your primary care physician twice a year, to, to get values and blood values. Right. So how do you know? Like, that's the, like, you know, how does somebody know when something's wrong if it's not blatant like that? Like, is it, is it like a motion? You know, we got to stay moving. We got to. It's stay- a lifestyle. Okay. So, so for instance, if you get up in the morning and, and you, you know, empty your bladder and you, you drink and you hydrate and drink some water, and then you go through a process of stretching. And I don't mean going to the gym, but I mean, you know, a dog and cat gets up and stretches. But we have in America, especially, we think we just get up and hit the ground running. But we're, we're all athletes, yeah. meaning in the world is our athletic stage. And so we get up every morning, we stretch our hamstrings, we, we go through this process. And if we have that planned, We'll know if something's not working exactly like it should in an optimal way because we have what? We have, a, we have a way of measuring this because we do something rarely each and every day. And then things won't function the same. Our sleep will be disrupted. There'll be things that will be what? The light on the dash. Now, we can either get some tape and cover that light up and ignore it, or we can say, you know, I've got, a, got an issue here. And so back to the thought of chiropractically, if the joint's not working like God intended, not only will it destroy the joint, mm-hmm. so does that mean you can stop arthritis, Doc? Well, sure you can stop arthritis. You can't reverse it unless you want us to talk about stem cell, and that's for another another show. But the thought there is if you can stop a joint from being dysfunctional, meaning optimize it and get it to move like God intended, even when it's somewhat degenerative, you will arrest that arthritic change. And you can maximize the motion, and it won't change anymore because we've been doing it for the last 30 years at, at, at our office. I mean, we have that documentation. So you have an issue of saying with a subluxation, let me get this right, you have a joint stuck, it's not working like God intended, and you also have a pinched nerve. And therein lies the problem of the crimped hose. Because what Dr. Sue found out at the University of Colorado in 22 months was that the weight of a quarter, put a quarter in your hand, about 10, 12 millimeters of mercury. That shuts down that synaptic signal from brain cell to tissue cell by 60%. And that's why that 10-year-old little boy in Brevard, North Carolina, couldn't even be embarrassed into stopping his bladder from emptying at nighttime, meaning putting the sheets outside and saying, we'll, we'll, we'll get him to stop. And so he couldn't because the nervous system wasn't working right. He didn't have any pain, Yeah, didn't have a problem, but function, it wasn't there. And I think that's what I'm hearing is like, you're talking about bodily function and how can we get back to the way our body was designed to work? And, you know, as you know, and I know, as time goes on, you know, uh, 
there's wear and tear, you know, we, we live life. And what, what I'm trying to th- think of is like, why do people go to chiropractors in the first place? And how can we start to, um, think of chiropractic in, in this, in this way, kind of getting back to the way we were designed to work. Does that make any sense at all? Oh, most certainly. And it goes back again to lifestyle. Yeah. Why do most people come to chiropractors? Well, for pain once, it's back to that thought of, um, I mean, because chiropractic really has kind of been the Rodney danger field of healthcare. I mean, what I mean is it gets no respect, but I say that kind of laughingly because that all has to do with ego and economics. You know what I mean? It between the professions and your father is a medical doctor. I'm a chiropractor. Another good friend of ours, Hardy Dixon, he's a physical therapist. None of us are supposed to be getting along as far as our professions say, but I love those guys and they've taught me so much and, and they love me. And my point being, we've been able to get past that ego and economics because we realize patients don't care about any of that. What they care about is having an ability to be able to communicate because I send people to Dr. Rogers, I send people to Ernie because they do the best at what they do. I don't do that well. And they send people to me because they know those areas. And so a chiropractic is a team player for as far as a health care provider in, in, in a natural approach, a holistic way. In other words, what's lifetime chiropractic look like? I'm kind of the dentist to your spine. You know, I'll tell patients, no, do like I have like a cleaning? Yeah, exactly. Patients will say, now I heard you have to come and do this all your life. Once you start, you're kind of like cracking your knuckles. No. And then I'll ask them, well, when were you going to stop going to the dentist? And then they'll look at me kind of like a mule staring a new gate. They'll stare. Well, I wasn't planning on doing that. Why? I want to maintain what I got. Oh, great thought. I'm the dentist to your uh, to your spine. In other words, that's what chiropractors are. They're going to take care and maintain. So let me get this straight, Doc. You're saying once I'm out of pain, I can stop any further destruction and be proactive in stopping arthritis if I make a regular chiropractic visit. Kind of sounds self-serving for me, though, doesn't it? Sounds like I want to make a boat payment. But that's not it at all. The reality of it is about every three months, if you have an issue of like an injured spine or or one in where you just want to be proactive and maximize it and make sure you don't have any further degenerative issues or any arthritis at all, then about every three months you get adjusted. It's a cash practice, basically. I mean, it's not something you have to, you know, that's going to cost the farm. No, I mean, it's $42 for an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And my, my point is that's an investment just like going to the gym, uh, totally. e- eating correctly. And, of course, the eating correctly is, again, another whole 20 minutes by itself just because uh, I learned many years ago in my own life. You can exercise and, and pretty much think nutritionally you're on the right track, get adjusted, at the same time have a lot of health issues. And, and mine was just a bad gut. Why? Because I had a sad diet meaning an acronym for standard American diet, had flour, had sugar. And so your dad, the Lord used your dad in turning all that around. Hmm. Through a book that uh, Dr. Ladley had given him, a cardiologist had given him and said, hey, read this. And your dad gave it to me and said, read it. Dr. William Davis, cardiologist, wheat belly. 
Yeah. Saw all those bagels on the front of it. It's pretty interesting. But that <laughs> book taught me phenomenally what Moses and Noah ate. You know, the inkhorn grain. What what Jesus and Mamaw had <laughs> till nineteen forty six. And then what happened from then on and then it made me angry because I'm thinking <laughs> I should have known this forty years ago. And so through that process, I was went and did some more training. And again, I'd like to come back and talk to you about nutrition response testing because there it allowed me to get specific with the autonomic nervous system, meaning some barriers that come up that prevented people from. Because what would really get me being is people coming in, and I would look at them and think, they're going to get better and respond well. But for some reason, they wouldn't. And for 20 years, and I couldn't figure that out. Respond well to, to an adjustment. And, yeah, the thing that I would knew, knew they needed, and they would just not respond well. And then the key was opened up through that book hmm. and through the understanding that we're, we're not feeding ourselves. We're feeding our bellies. We're just having this urge of this, oh, I think I'm hungry. I'm going to go buy pals. Not that pals can't be a good place because actually they have some of the some of the best meat and some of the best. I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying that as a plug, yeah. but they're, the, the cleanliness and what they do. Yeah. Uh, and I would be dead if it wasn't for pals, actually. Uh, what I mean is I was raised on pals. Uh, <laughs> and that wasn't the reason for the colitis. So, Dr. Merrill, seriously, can you go buy pals and eat correctly? Sure. Sure. And let me give you an example. I would pull up. And I'd say, can I have a big pal with no bread? And could I have a large water with extra lemon? Sure. So, see, I knew the meat was quality. Go. So I've got a hamburger steak and a salad with a water. My carbs are under 30 grams because that's important, maintaining 30 to 70. But, again, don't want to get too detailed in that. I'm just saying the point being I'm paying attention and began paying attention and notice patience. Once I started getting better by understanding how to eat, and then things that were already in my life that shouldn't be. And again, that's another day of understanding of, you know, deodorants that have aluminum in them. And how, how do we avoid the metals? And we live in Kingsport. What do you do when you have too much acetone and acetate in your body or formaldehyde? It, like, just listening to you, it's like, I feel like chiropractors were the first kind of integrative practitioners. Because you're talking about lots of different things that piece together you're talking about nutrition you know in addition to adjusting in addition to uh your immune system like it seems like like it's all kind of a part of it is that is that how, how you are trained to think yes or is that like something you've learned later post school or, or is it... yes and yes here's okay. what i've learned in 30 years that anything can cause anything well that's pretty basic and it is for instance, within nutrition response testing, we're able to assist and handle problems that wouldn't chiropractically be handled. But it all fits together because it has to do with the nervous system. We're just taking a different direct approach. But there's one other aspect, Ben, that we haven't discussed because we're made in the image of God. I'm a creationist. I believe it. actually everything from Genesis to Revelation, even the maps. Uh, but my point is we're made in the image of God. God is, we're recognized him as a triune nature. Mm -hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're made in a likens 
we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And what I've learned in 30 years is that you can't heal on the outside if you're not healing on the inside. Now, that's true, saying physically speaking, certainly true, but also true spiritually speaking. Well, why do we want to get spiritual, Dr. Merrill? Well, because we're spiritual beings. And so if you want to have true wellness, true wellness, and I mean overall, because we're not, everybody's looking to be happy. And, and, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean what's the point? Everybody wants to be happy. <laughs> but understanding really why we're here helps you understand when trials and tribulations come along in our life and even health issues that, in fact, are there for a reason. I mean, we're all going to have it. We're all, we're all ultimately given a death sentence. As soon as we come out of the womb, we're all dying. Now, I don't mean to be negative, but this is the reality it's of the it. reality. At some point, we're all going to come to a place where we're not going to be breathing in and out anymore. We're going to die. We all do it. Some young, some old. I'm actually not trying to live longer. I want to be living with a quality of life that when I'm breathing in and out and each day that I'm awake, that I'm productive and doing what I've been called to do, what you've been called to do, what we've all been, all been called to do. We're all called to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and love others like Jesus loves us. And I do that on a daily basis by serving others because that's a picture of Jesus. He said, I didn't come to be served, I come to serve. And so we're supposed to be kind of little Jesus. I mean, I mean, really, we, 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 there's a Christ-likeness that, that our Heavenly Father wants to see. And so, see, I know me too well, though. What do you mean? I'm a knucklehead. I mean, you know, the Bible's right. I'm, I'm a deceitful, you know. I mean, it, really, it's, you know, it's kind of born into this Adam-like nature of kind of being, it's all about me. <laughs> and so we, too, we do that nutritionally. It's all about me. I want to go get a milkshake. I know it's 11 o'clock at night, but it's, I want to eat a bowl of cereal. It's all about me. And, and so that we, we, we do that with what we, how we eat, how we treat others. The ones that we love the most, we seem to treat the worst. And again, it's, it's, it's because we're not healed from the injured, perhaps. Somewhere in our soul we were injured because mama smacked us or something tragic happened to us at an early age, and we've never been able to heal from it. But we're taking antidepressants. We're taking stuff from the outside in, but it's just not helping. Why? Because, see, that has to heal from the inside out where the spirit man is. And see, that's where God lives. And I know that gets really deep in a whole other subject, but... The interesting thing is God's Holy Spirit, when we move our will out of the way and say, you know, I can't really do this anymore. And I, I need some help. And that's really when that purpose comes to life. Because, Ben, I'm just here to tell you, we can eat correctly. We can get adjusted. We can do all that. But if we got that emptiness on the inside where God's supposed to live, and supernaturally, I can't even explain it, when we, with that childlike faith, accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit comes in and lives where our spirit is and is fused there. And that's why he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's where that healing started. It started for me. Because, see, you're looking at a 60-year-old man that was born here in Kingsport, June 7, 1960. By the time I was 17, I was living in my car. I was shooting drugs into my arm. And uh, 
situation with just a broken home and a defiant young man that had lost his way. And see, the Lord put people in my life at that time. And it surprisingly was a broken woman that had lost her son in a car accident. He was 17. He was killed in 1972 coming back from Myrtle Beach. Six men, six teenage boys riding back from Myrtle Beach and fell asleep at the wheel and all were killed but one. But my, this lady's son, Mrs. McGrady, she, she lost her son and she was broken. And for five years she was broken. Well, still broken. She's dying now. I'm excited to see Jesus and her family there in heaven. But she took that brokenness and saw me and saw that I needed a place. And she loved on me and gave me an opportunity. And that healing began. Not long after that, not many years after that, I came to a place of knowing that I needed something other than just from the outside in. And So that's when I had my moment of meeting Jesus on Valentine's Day in 1992. I was getting ready to come out of chiropractic school, and the Lord knew I couldn't do what he was going to ask me to do if he wasn't with me, you know. So that that's the biggest difference for me. And then him placing people in my life along the way like your dad such a great influence not only just and again not just helping me be a better doctor of chiropractic a good nutritionist which he started that road for me but it's just because he's a good physician too he's taken good care of me physically speaking which has been such a blessing that's an amazing story david i i honestly known you for a long time i, I didn't know that that's a wild like um 360 and how it brought you to where you are now and and it's really i'm glad you i'm glad you said it because it's put a lot of pieces together in the in the way that you approach uh healing people and taking care of your patients so i really appreciate that thank you for sharing that oh my pleasure yeah and, and i hope um we're, we're running out of time and you told me before that we could come back and and talk I'd love to and talk more specifically because i want to get to uh, this nutritional response testing is just fascinating to me. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper on that. But, That's exciting, and I'd love to do it. Thank you, Ben. But, um, Dr. Mira, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for joining us today and sharing your story and, and telling us about, you know, how chiropractic fits into this whole thing where, you know, we're all just trying to be healthy and live our best lives. And it's not necessarily about living the longest life, but feeling great while we're here. And you're a huge testimony to that. So thank you. Just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing in, in creating this platform to help people. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. Yes, sir. See you next time. Yes, sir. Right. Dr. Merrill, guys, this has been Outside the Box Conversation. This is Dr. Merrill. I'm Ben Rogers. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.